When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome everyone. To this completely unnecessary podcast. We're starting. All right. For Tuesday, July 21st, 2020. That's very well prepared and ready. Ian Ferguson. I'm right here. I'm Pat Contry. Today in the show, we'll be He's talking there. about Microsoft discontinuing the Xbox One console and One S Digital. Oh, One X. They're, they're discontinuing. We'll be talking about the Gamer Girl game, Mario NWC for sale, Patreon poll topics. Q&A. First, Ian, we got our wares to go at UltimateNintendo.com. We got the enamel pins, both of them. We got the t-shirts, the limited t-shirt. We got a couple of, like, only a couple of Blu-rays left for not for resale. I got to reorder those. And the, and, the, and the certain NES and Super Nintendo guidebooks. And I'm going to push uh, the Yokoi Kids zine, which is fast approaching. I think that's going to the printer this week. 80 plus pages. 25 games, more writers than I can count. Should I put that on the website? Uh, all profit will be going to no more deaths, uh, dot org. Okay. Um, it's going to be bound. It's going to be sweet. And uh, yeah, keep uh, keep an eye out for that. We're only printing 150 to start. Do I get a complimentary uh, copy for, I for promotion? A copy. Thank you, Ian. Appreciate that. Real quick, I only sold two of my p- Pixel Pad enamel pins the past week. I was like, what the hell is going on? My bad. I put the wrong weight on it. Oh. So I put it at one pound instead of one ounce. So the shipping charge was enormous versus what it should have been. I think that, that, that I didn't do that on purpose. I didn't mean to gouge. I, I clicked the wrong thing for ounce or pound. So it's okay now. Check it out. Ultimate. I was like, why aren't they selling? Oh, because it's now it's like nine fifty to ship one. No, it shouldn't be that much. That's my, my mistake. I, I corrected that. That that's fine there. And uh, our our good dear pal, friend of the podcast, friend of the convention scene, Chris Kohler, has moved on to a new professional life. He has uh, one time editor of Wired magazine, one time editor of Kotaku, sometimes editor of My Heart. Chris Kohler has moved on uh, to uh, Digital Eclipse. His last day at uh, Kotaku was last week, um, and he has left media. But thank you, Chris, for uh, oh, I don't know putting up with us as we've discussed you and just being i don't know uh, uh one of those journalists in uh games media that uh very much obviously cared about what they were talking he, about he, ra- he raised there the, was a very he raised the standard passion. yes he, he raised the, the standard at kotaku when it, while i was there i i, I or that's not a controversial thing to say chris chris does great work he cares about video game history and preservation He's a diehard crazy collector like we are. At least like I am. Like as you well. are. So so he so he has that. Man, it could be crazier than me. That's all a conversation for me and Chris to have at one point. But um It's the conversation you and Chris have all the time. We, yes, we have very passionate 
uh, spirited debates on Twitter one time. We had, uh, went back and forth about 30 times about the the value of certain things that we think the about. Value. And um, yeah, so hats off to Chris. Ian, what did you do this past weekend? I watched a lot of Monty Python. What did you do? Oh, geez, Louise. Uh, I actually, well, I, I played some Game Boy. I pulled my Game Boy out and decided that uh, I was going to play Bugs Bunny's Crazy Castle uh, like all the way through. Uh, someone mentioned... I mean, how many stages? 99 or is it something like the 50? Um, well, if it's... If, <laughs> I, I, I say almost all the way through. I think I got through about 30 stages. I think there's probably 50 in the game, though. Password save? Password save, yeah. Password save. Um, love that game. All right, we'll hire you for the certain Game Boy guidebook to, to review that one. And uh, you could almost maybe get me to write again for a Game Boy guidebook. I uh, played D&D last night. It was really good. What's your What's your name in D&D? What's your character's name? Uh, I needed one quick, so I went with Spritz after the Campari Spritz that I was drinking at the time. Okay. Uh, so I was like, Spritz. I named myself Spritz Campari. So that's, yeah, that's okay. my name. I'm a small gnome. I forget Frank. Frank's, Frank used to play D&D in the, in the 70s. I think he told you that, late 70s, yeah. early 80s. And he told me his name, his character at the time. I totally forgot what it is. But but Frank was one of those old school D and Ders back then, back when it was fresh. Vonnie's character's name is Flan. So Flan, Flan, as in yeah. So we both went with very easy, <laughs> easy, easy names. She is pudding, and I am a drink. Um, but yeah, it's a good time. And uh, you know, is Flan a pudding? It's flan. in that same category. Right? Yeah, Flan is a custard. Custard. There yeah. you go. Um, but it's a lot of fun. I mean... Is a hot dog a sandwich? Sorry, go on. The, uh, the, the world is a tiring place to be right now, so it's fun to... Uh, even, over, even over Skype with friends to get together and kind of fuck around for a while. Gives a, gives, give, it gives structure to an online hangout, which is not something I think I could do without some sort of... Well, I've been doing... Right? Once a month, I've been doing, I think, told you, online poker with, with, yeah. you know, with Zoom. And it's interesting because you still see the faces. I mean... It's not the same as in person, obviously, but the hands go so much quicker when you're playing online poker. You can get through a hand in like two minutes instead of like ten, you know. So it's just a lot. It keeps it going. Kind of feels that way with D and D too. When you're not actually all sitting around the table drinking and eating snacks, you're yeah. you're a little bit more focused on the well, yeah, on the plus, task at hand. Plus, you have a, like a computer to help you out with the game with the poker versus yeah. you know that's you know, true. Yeah, yeah. Like like I can shuffle okay, but then when you do do the deal, you flip them. Some people try to be fancy, then the card turns up. All right, it all comes back in. You got to redo it. Yep. And then some people get pissed, and one person one time threatened to stab me in the, in the neck with with a fork, and I did not take calmly to that. That's where I kind of blew up. Uh, I'm good at ribs until you, you put physical violence in it, and I get a little weird about that. Anyway, hold this conversation. That guy's a piece of crap. Sorry if one people in the poker game is listening to this but um yeah i did my my twitch hangout on friday night twitch.tv slash country code did two hours of of uh, 80s ads again and it ain't gonna stop and actually the uh commercial vault guy was it was in the chat that, oh. that he has a thousand commercial blocks uploaded on his channel like several hundred eighties and 90s ones even some from the 70s that are uploaded there be surprised someone out there has ones from the 60s. That'd be kind of tough to get 60s commercials, but I'm sure there's some out there, but not in the whole block of, like, no one was recording 60s commercials off their TV. You know, that wasn't a thing yet. Um, I'm surprised in the 70s they could do that. But anyway, uh, it's, it's just good fun. I, I do it every either Friday or Saturday night. It's been Friday nights because, because just because that's been the night. A week and a half ago, though, uh, uh, we'll just say uh, uh, someone called me, wanted to come hang out. And I was already streaming, so I, I I couldn't. And then she wasn't happy with that, and never talked to me again. But hey, Twitch is more important, you know, versus versus you know snuggling up during COVID. It's a little more important. But anyway, I watched a lot of Monty Python this weekend. 
Mm. And I get on, not Monty Python kicks every few years, but I just, you know, you, you take for granted how brilliant and funny Monty Python is. I know it's overplayed by people you went to high school with that were annoying that were always quoting Holy Grail, but it really was brilliant. And so I watched, um, I watched this great documentary that from about, I want to say about seven years ago that it's like a five-part documentary it goes through the, all the, their upbringings of all of all six members and then and then all the trouble they had all, all the things behind the scenes how they're different cliques how some didn't like each other during certain times it was it was really interesting a lot of things you didn't know like how graham chapman was like a raging alcoholic like like really bad no really like during during holy grail like they were surprised he can get through his lines like um like there was a part remember they had to, they had to cross the uh, the little bridge yeah um, they, he he was a he was a mountaineer, uh, uh, Graham, and so um, they said, "Oh, you can do this easily." He got up there and he froze because he was go- he didn't have his alcohol that morning. Oh, that's how bad he was. He was shaking. Wow. So they were like, "What the fuck is going on with this guy?" He he kept it a secret uh, from them, and I think they said one time they were filming. Um, I don't think it was that much. I think, I think they were filming something else or doing something, and like they opened up the suitcase, and there was like a whole handle of like vodka. I think John Cleese said, he said, uh, that morning it was totally full. Now it was half full. It was like noon. Jesus H like, Christ. That's when it knew it was a f- major, major problem. Um, yeah. Wowzers. <clears throat> so I don't know how, if you have any Monty Python memories. Um, obviously everyone loves the Holy Grail. Life of Brian is even a better movie when you watch, go back and you watch Life so of Brian. So I, I don't have a, I, I didn't watch a lot of just Monty Python, but, um, Holy Grail, I know through and through. Growing up, um, my you know uh, my dad was finishing up his teaching degree um, in college, and I remember being young. And on Saturday nights, uh, like once every couple of months, uh, my dad would have like a Monty Python night, and all the other people that he went because they were all in school for uh, their history majors, so they would all get together and watch um, Holy Grail and drink beer and it just became a thing that they did sometimes they'd watch life of brian this side of the next thing so holy grail became very very much ingrained in in me um growing up because it was a movie that was always on we always had a copy of it and uh i did i you know i i i went into high school knowing that movie like the back of my hand and then finding out everyone else did briefly it was like cool and then yeah holy grail it's a great film and it's funny but Man, I just got sick of people fucking quoting it. It was a quote. All the time. Because mid-90s, there was this Monty Python revival. Yes. And I'm not sure why it was then, but Holy Grail became popular like on VHS, and then they had the computer games. They had the Quest for the Holy Grail and Complete Waste of Time. I remember that. It was like around 94, 95, where all this Monty Python stuff hit again. Yeah. About 20, I wonder if Holy 20, Grail had just like received a... 25th uh, anniversary, maybe? Yeah, or maybe it was a new printing or something like that. But sure. yeah, it really was... It was everywhere again, and um, I mean, yeah, whatever. It's good film. I just, I can probably wait a few more years before I'm ready to see it again. The, the, I hate the ending, though. They even brought that up in the documentary. Like they said, one of the one of the daughters. Oh, the ending is yeah. The ending is so anticlimactic, where it's just like it just ends. Yeah, I mean, we're not spoiling anything. It's a it's a fucking forty five year old film at this point. Yeah, holy shit. But um, the cops investigating the, the random murder of the historian. Yeah, the amount of times. <laughs> basically arrest Arthur and the and, and the guys and that's the end of the film. It's like, shut up the camera and that's it. <laughs> kind of but funny, but there was a whole in this documentary there's a whole there's a whole episode just to the Holy Grail about how they barely made the film. Like it was just so far behind schedule. The two Terry's, Terry Jones and Terry Gilliam were co-directing and they both are radically different and they both were like 
butting heads and sort of stuff because T- Terry Gilliam, obviously a great director, is all about the visuals and setup. Mm-hmm. And um, Terry Jones is just like, well, let's just get it done. Let's get a movie. We have to do this. And so they butted heads. So like, there's some parts of the movie that look like really well well lit and shot and framed. And it's like, well, that's Terry Gilliam. But other stuff that's like more frantic motion, getting the joke. That's that's Terry Jones. They have totally different styles. But the movie works. They they made it work. I guess in, in uh, like like with Star Wars, it, the first edit was a disaster. Then they made it work in the editing and in post and adding stuff like the interstitials and and and, and adding like um, turn the page and the gorilla arm comes in. Yeah. just they 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 sort of paved over the potholes. And that's what when you talk about Monty Python, there's a lot of potholes in that show. And the animation, the the brilliant animation by Terry Gilliam, sort of like smoothed out everything and and made it more watchable. And you can't you can't imagine Monty Python without the animations. It's like it's 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 just part of the whole experience there. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And then I saw like they did a final performance. I told you about um, it was called One Down Five to Go, <laughs> and um, final final live performance show in two thousand fourteen. Uh, there, like the one last hurrah for him. Yeah, it wasn't because I think I do actually remember that. That was the one that they like showed in movie theaters. They showed the final show. They did a ten ten nights uh, in 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 Britain, and the final night I guess was simulcast. Like 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 how they show the opera sometimes. Or they, there's, there's been concerts every yeah. once in a while that they've done that. Like, simulcast. Yeah. Did they do it with riff tracks or used to? But when we had movie theaters, <laughs> remember movie theaters? Not really. Every will again. But uh, no, it, it was it was brilliant, and um, there were still good performers, and it was it was nice to see them live there. But you know now now two of them are gone. And, and that's it for Monty Python. But yeah, check out the documentary. There's a lot of documentaries on Netflix, but this is the one. It's like a five-part one that, that really gets into it and their backgrounds and, and their formation of the group and everything. So what we got talking about here? All right, Microsoft, Ian, discontinuing the Xbox One X and One S Digital. Out of nowhere, they're like, you know what? We don't need to make these consoles anymore. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're getting to the end of the, uh, you know, life uh, the the, of the the xbox one the xbox one life um it the from all accounts the xbox one x was not a great seller um a lot of people didn't probably see the need to upgrade it um i know just from talking to other people who do retail that they don't move in the stores that they're at when we get them they sit around forever so it makes sense that the standard one s would be the one that keeps going um you know, to pr- keep something on the, the half, market, the half step up. Yeah, to keep something on the market. Um, I'm supr- the one S digital edition. I they barely marketed that, uh, and it doesn't seem like it was that popular. Uh, which you know makes me wonder how going forward, uh, things like the PlayStation Five um, digital version, digital version will sell. We'll see. I think it could be a price thing. It could also be maybe that generation. It didn't make us much sense, but maybe this generation, more people will switch over to it. Um, either way that shows that Microsoft is definitely winding down, uh, what they're currently doing and getting ready for the series X in whatever capacity. It's just weird when you have all these half consoles, these half steps, Xbox one X only came out two years ago. Um, no, no, not even three years ago. November 2017, it came out. So now it's already gone. The all-digital one was two years ago, I believe, at most. Um, so it's just strange to see something discontinued that quickly. But 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 if you're pushing the new Series X, there's no need to have this half measure. Right. I mean, you look at the timing, and it's kind of odd. But at the same point in time, there's absolutely no reason for any company to be, be producing three different models of a system that's going to or be... Or four, or whatever. That, is, that is done after this year. Yeah. So what is that? What is it, retail? $400, the, the 1X, and then, and then 
So what is the regular what does a regular Xbox One cost at this point? I don't think you can get the regular Xbox One anymore. Used they I mean refurbished two hundred bucks a game. Pre COVID pre COVID we were selling them for one twenty nine. Now in COVID they're we're selling them closer to one seventy nine and it looks like GameStop's doing it for two. So it's it's out of stock on Microsoft's site. You could have got an Xbox One X refurbished for three hundred and it's out of stock. So it seems like you had your chance and now you, you gotta buy the new console to play the older Xbox One games and or you can just use a 1S. Or a 1S, which just has, what, the HDR. It doesn't really have the upgraded graphics. Yeah, it's smaller than HDR. HDR is, eh. Anyway, I just think it's interesting that um, we're at this point, especially especially since, I don't know. I, I, if, I was, if, I was a, if I was a consumer of these consoles, would I feel weirded out by this? Are you going to discontinue support first things? And they're not really. They're just, like I said, these are computer upgrades at this point. So no, it seems perfectly normal to me. I don't really think it's that weird. Um, yeah, I want to talk about Twitch in the, in the U.S. Army. Yeah, the Army has a Twitch channel now. Be all that you can be. I'm not going to get into my deeper thoughts on it, but they were linking to uh, some BS freaking uh, ga- uh, giveaways, which I'll definitely talk about. Um, you can watch live streams of the American military playing their favorite video games. They even promote giveaways where you can win cool gaming prizes if you just fill out some personal information. However, the giveaways aren't real. They're just military recruitment forms, and Twitch is telling the U.S. Army to stop doing it. That's from the Mashable article. Yes, definitely stop doing that. I understand that they have to recruit, but it never stops feeling weird, scummy, and invasive. And to uh, you know, do it under the guise of a giveaway on Twitch just feels extra dirty. So, yes, so it says don't regi- do that. It says register to win, and then they claim you can win a $200 controller. Um, the the Army esports team routinely, point, routinely points viewers as as young as thirteen to this page that register to win. That's usually what the cutoff for internet stuff like thirteen for some reason. Um, the form is actually a recruiting form. Yeah, you put on an email list, I guess. Upon clicking in the link, a young gamer looking to win a two hundred dollar controller is met with a nondescript form with no mention of the promotion or contest details. The page is really an Army recruitment form. Well, Army's Army's been into into esports what almost twenty years now. They've had like fucking esports stuff. Yes, they've they've definitely been ingrained in in there for a while. All right, I mean it's crap of them to do that. I'm not surprised. No, I'm, I mean nothing surprises me these days. They, like, we talked on the phone. They, they, used come, they used to be at my high school like every other week. Oh yeah, they, they, they would not they, fucking yeah. leave me alone. I, oh, I if fucking, they wanted you, Ian. I hated it. They would they, not, they wanted you. They would not leave me alone, and I kept telling them to leave me alone, and they came knocking at my door the one day. And they knocked da- at your door? Yes, and my dad said, did you tell them to come? And I said, no, they will not leave me alone. So my dad opened up the door and said, get the fuck out of here and don't ever come back. And how did they, the they get your address? Uh... I don't even re- recall how did that you get, happened. You got like a free keychain to put your name in address. It wasn't Twitch back then, Ian. But um, they had your address. I, I was probably fucking pissed off that they kept annoying me, so I probably put my name like was like send me info or whatever, and they used that to come to my house. And it was like sign up for and get like an info packet or something. I'm like, fine, shut up. And oh, is instead it- of getting like it was instead of getting like a packet, I got a fucking dude at my door. It was probably it was it was probably one of those things where Marlboro back they used to do giveaways like that to try to hook younger people and they say yeah get your free get your free like like canvas bag and it's like it's they're trying to recruit you to smoke sort of thing you know it's it's one of those sort of things here 
Well, sorry, I didn't know it was you that testy about. They came to your door. They came to my fucking door. It was it was like it was awful. They they whatever. I moving on. Made a quit critic <laughs> has introduced a waiting period. Um, I mean, this is kind of good, although I think it's so. Basically, Metacritic is introducing a 36-hour waiting period before uh, I believe its user reviews can go up on games that have been uh, recently released. This is to dissuade review bombing, so that people sure. can at least for a moment, at least for a moment, perhaps hopefully get an accurate idea of what pro reviewers are giving a game without people giving a game a zero because it happens to have a lady with muscles in it. Um, Ooh, big scary ladies with muscles coming to take your video games. Um, yeah, so I think it's you know not a bad idea, but it's still only really going to give you a 36-hour window of accuracy. I don't think 36 hours is enough to make people go, oh, okay, I won't review bomb it then. They'll no, probably just wait. But at least it'll... It, here's, maybe they should weigh some of those reviews better. I remember IMDb used to do that. IMDb, uh, I mean, they still do. They would weigh out a lot of the tens and zeros automatically because they knew it was bullshit. Sure. Like, how many things are tens or zeros? Not many things. I don't know why they never did it here, but what have you. Um, obviously, in the long term, it, for a game like this, it doesn't matter. Review bombing does absolute shit. This sold, for, what, four million copies like in an instant? So yeah. it, it doesn't matter. I mean, it, like um, I said, it'll give you 36 hours to see something on Metacritic, but yes, in the end... Uh, I think this is giving too much weight to review bombing. Yes, I, I mean... Oh, good job, everyone. No one bought Last of Us 2. You did it. Yeah, well, Way yeah. to go. Pat yourself on the fucking back. Yeah, they, they made a quarter a quarter billion dollars in an instant. I mean, I think they're doing okay. They'll, 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 <clears throat> they're making their money on this game. Well, Steam's already done that, right? Steam's already gotten rid of the, the bombing stuff. And um, it's good to get rid of it because you don't want to reinforce bad behavior. But my question is, how many people... Going, are going on Metacritic before they're buying a game. Usually, you go to website reviews or your, your favorite YouTuber. How many people are going to a random site to look at? Like, I never... I, like, when I w used to see a movie, I wouldn't go on IMDb to see random-ass people's reviews. I would go on review actual professional reviewers or Rotten Tomatoes or, like, Siskel and Ebert to get... You know, hey, what's this movie about? I wouldn't rely on like the hordes of people to tell me. I don't know. I just I usually use Metacritic uh, simply because oh, you do? Okay. simply uh, because it shows me what reviews from reviewers I like are actually up. So instead of checking a bunch of sites and seeing if but you're not looking at the final score though, you just want to see the different. No, reviews. I just want to see the okay. different reviews, and I mean. then I find the review that I want to read and I click sure. on. I, I I have never put any. Uh, you there's it. Putting a uh, <laughs> you never put stock in it. I've never put stock into the actual meta score. No. Yes, that's what I mean. No. You never, oh, it's only a six, and I'm not going to play that. No, no. I, I mean, a meta score could be sixty, and I'm not going to bother with that. I'm going to look for the reviewer that I trust and go. Okay, this person gave sure. it an eighty, and I generally jive with what they say, so I'm cool. I'm going to grab it. So it, it's just a, it's just a sort of a, a false sense of power that you're going to damage the game or company by by. It's like downvotes on a on a video. It doesn't do anything. Man, boom! It's like, oh no. Anyway, I just think it's interesting that the but thirty six hours. So I think people are going to be like full one of the mouth for that thirty six hour. Ah, I can't I can't picture the people that actually go out of their way. Then again, these aren't you know healthy, well adjusted people that will wait for a a, a a page to come up to hit a zero. Like I'm gonna I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get them. I'm going to get them. Fucking gotcha. All gotcha. Right, go, go have your slice of ice cream cake and your fucking Ooh. juice. Well, man, they need Congrats. ice cream cake. Then they feel better about themselves with those crunchies. So, so yeah. 
Look, I want to talk about some big news. I've been real what? excited to talk about this one since I discovered it this morning. This is, what? This is the hot news, the biggest. It's the new hotness? The new hotness for the old hotness. Worms Armageddon just got an update 21 years later. Oh, boy. I love worms. We have mentioned worms on this podcast I before. I have worms right now. I mean, what? I'm sure. Uh, <laughs> worms Armageddon is my absolute favorite version of the game. And while many of the later versions are similar, um, and there are good later versions... It's the... I, I know what weapon setups are going to be in Armageddon. It, it's like the... Worms Armageddon is the purest version of just basic worms before they started adding, like, vehicles and stuff like that. Ooh, I don't want vehicles it. in my worms. And it's it can be fun, but yes, no. it, it, it's, 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 this is my favorite version. So, um, Team 17 has, this is coming from comicbook.com, Team 17 has surprised fans with the release of a brand new update for Worms Armageddon more than 21 years after its official release, initial release. The Steam version. The Steam version is getting a number of new additions as part of a patch including several new language options, windowed mode... Windowed mode! Update! Yay. Updated animations... Update! Update! Th Thank you. Thanks, Pat. <laughs> I wasn't on the... Updated animations, the ability to watch two CPU opponents <laughs> battle it out, and more. Most significantly, the game will include several extended scheme options. Last but not least, Worms Armageddon will offer new options to make life easier for those that want to stream the game. Ooh. Oh, that's good. Ooh. Oh, so you can watch CPU opponents battle it out. Further uh -huh. details can be found in the link in the tweet below. Anyway, so, um, I didn't need to read that last part. I'm, no, you didn't. This is actually what I will be doing today at some point when I get home. I need to inventory more records. I still need to write for the Patreon this week. You do. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to be... Write about worms. I'm going to be downloading... Write about worms and then play worms. And, and then I'm going to play worms. So it'll be nice. What, what, are, your, what are your worm memories? I played in college uh, on the ladder system competitively, and it was the most frustrated I ever got when I lost. Uh, because, really? Yes, more than like playing it for... Because... When you're off, like just that little smidge of the shotgun or the grenade, and then it, you're just waiting to die at that point. It's the slow weight of death. Whatever the <laughs> was it, forty-five second turn, whatever yes. it was. You're just like, oh my god, gonna kill me, gonna kill me. There's nothing I can do. I'm watching my worm get ninja uppercutted into the water, and it's the worst feeling in the fucking wor world. When you knew you just almost had him, and you see turn that bad because that's what worms is like you can fuck up easily oh, you, yeah or you throw that super sheep out and you don't control it right and you fucking kill your own guys or you eat like, your own grenade yeah like it's 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 and you have to be skilled like that's why you there's strategy but you have to be good with hand-eye coordination there's not many games like hand-eye coordinations and you got to understand basic ideas gotta, of physics you got to use that ninja ro the, 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 the rope that Every, rope, the worms were knowing how to use the grappling hook and the ninja rope is absolutely uh, key. Yes, to to twirl, you got to do the momentum and twirl way around yep. and get on top of them. It's I played it's, so much of this game growing up. My first experience with worms was I was in middle school and uh, a friend had myself and another friend over to sleep over that weekend, and we were playing games on the computer. And one of the things he had just downloaded was the demo for the very first worms. The first one. And it only had two stages. Um, there was no random generation. It was two stages, limited supply of weapons. And uh, the uh, kid who had us over crashed out early. And um, the other friend and I, we stayed up um, for like three hours playing the demo endlessly. Like we had never had more fun playing the same 
you know, restricted rule set in any game. It was incredible. And then, um, like, a year later, I was dating my first girlfriend in high school, and um, I think it was Worms 2 that she had for the PlayStation. And um, that was... Worms 2 and Mortal Kombat 3 were, like, the two games we used to play all the time when we would hang out together. So Aww. those are my, like, fond memories of Worms. Worms. romance. But I've always played Worms. I mean, like I said, even even now I'll still fire up, you know, the new versions and give them a go. But I'm very excited for this. Oh, yeah. Worms Armageddon was, was uh, I think it was my sophomore year of college. It was sophomore year uh, of college. And um, yeah, it was it was playing that, and then playing like Rogue Spear, and other first person uh, shooters. That's that's what I remember about that college year. That, that was like that would be ninety nine for me. Yeah, ninety nine to two thousand, and that's when the um, I was going to say Xbox came out my my junior year, the original Xbox. But that that's how I'd spend a lot of my time. You come home, you do your homework. You got your. We made our little little uh, little loft beds, you know, mm. raised beds. Everyone did that in yeah. college. You put the chair, you put so you have the couch underneath, and then you know your 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 roommate would be or my yeah roommate uh, Rocco would be behind me on his computer playing whatever, uh, and then I'd be, I'd be playing Worms, and then I get so mad I'd smash my arm into the into the, the desk and hurt and hurt the tricep, which still hurts to this day sometimes. Do you ever play uh, <laughs> Worms 3D? I don't remember. Surprisingly better than it should have been. I did was not expecting to like it, but I remember when it first came out and I went I was I I was still living at home. I had more money. I you know, I I was I, I had money that I didn't know. It was I was between apartments and I was like, I don't know if I'm going to like this, but I went and I bought, bought it for GameCube. And it's it ended up being well, there's definitely problems with it. I think that is the longest I've ever played a video game with someone consecutively. My friend Mike and I sat there and played Worms 3D, I kid you not, for eight fucking hours straight. Something about it grabbed us. The way Worms, uh, on normal Worms, the 2D Worms, it's there's definitely deaths that come from knocking your worms off the play field. Sure. But a lot of it is by the worms losing their HP and going down to zero as well. In Worms 3D, it kind of flips that. Most of your kills in Worms 3D, because of how the 3D landscapes are generated, it's easier to figure out how to try to knock them off of the landscape okay. and into the water below. Some gameplay it, right it's, it's a fun game. It didn't, you know, they, they did the best they could with the concept. It did change it up a bit. It was um, always a little map where you know, yeah. oh, okay. I preferred in 2D, but Worms 3D, I feel like, was one of those games where everyone looked at it and said, no, no possible way that could work and walked away from it. It's good. I enjoyed it. It looks interesting. Yeah. You just walk around in a 3D perspective, the third person, and you... You still get the same time limit. You know, you get some help aiming, same sort of aiming, and same sort of firing. But because of how, like I said, the landscape is made, it's more like a bunch of floating islands. So you're more likely to knock them into the drink. What a topic. Holy hand grenade. Monty Python. It's in worms. Oh, yeah. And that's that's why Armageddon is great. That's another reason I love Armageddon, because that was the first one that had it. There's a huge ass, like yeah, half the screen gets blown, and it goes. Oh, yeah, you get the up. three, two, one, and you get the hallelujah, and then it blows up. It's fantastic. That was, was that your special weapon of choice? That was my special. That's I always was, my special. I was weapon always of super choice. sheep because even you always had a chance. The super sheep, if you like, had a worm all the way down the bottom corner, yep. you could swing that bad boy. If you were good, it was quick. You're good. You're, ah, and you could you can come back from that. 
Yeah, super sheep and or not super sheep, holy hand grenade, and um, I got really good at ninja roping and then dropping mines or dynamite, Dro- dropping mines on, on the ninja rope. Oh uh, yeah, or dynamite where oh, I dynamite needed was to. Good. Yeah, then you'd fall off by accident. <laughs> that rope. Well, that, that's, the, that's that rope. the best. I mean, that's the fun about worms is like the controls are tight, but there's so many things that can go wrong. Oh yes, especially because you're constantly under a, a, a time limit. You can shoot God. yourself by accident with a shotgun if there's like a little. One little piece, you know, of the you ground. You can get blowback from yeah. the rockets. Man, Worms is such a good game. No, there's not a lot of games like Worms. You think no. There's not a lot of games that, that are that fun and, and goofy. And they took the Gorillas basic game or uh, Scorched Earth, and they really kind of took that gameplay style and took it to its its apex. What a, what a damn good game. What a, what a good, good fun-filled way to end this, this intro to the CU podcast yeah. for everyone out Go there. Go play Worms. Ian. Patrick. We don't really discuss... Uh, the phenomenon of gamer girls that often, but thankfully now there's a there's a game coming out we can experience it for ourselves. It's the gamer girl game that was announced, and um, it's a it's a full motion video game, like uh, where you where you act as the chat moderator, uh, for for a streamer. Um, Peggy eighteen. Oh, that's that's the Peggy eighteen. I'm, wa- I'm watching the trailer right now. It's Abacake ninety nine, which is a funny name for a streamer. So so you interact with the streamer. Uh, obviously on video, and it's called Candy Stream, which is the service. And there's there's chat windows, and you act as a moderator, and you decide, I guess, how you want to influence the stream. It's an interesting concept that I don't know. People, some people thought this was a sort of a weird thing to to um to, to promote as a game concept. But I look at this as a, as like, it, how is this any worse than any of the horror FMVs of the '90s, like Night Trap? Like, how is it? It's it's a it's a like it's a concept where okay, it's kind of sleazy, yes, but it's it's in the now. It's what people do. It exists. Why not make a, an adventure game out of this? Am I wrong? I'm not saying I want to play this. I just think it's 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 no no worse than any of the '90s full motion video games. I do. I think it's gross. You think I, it's gross? I, 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 think I, think, I think. I mean, I think Night Trap is clearly filmed tongue in cheek. You don't think this is gonna be tongue in cheek? No, I, I I don't. I mean, not judging by the the trailer. And a lot of people are like, "Well, it's just a trailer." Well, the, the idea of a trailer is to fucking sell me on the game. And what it sold me was a creepy and poorly timed fantasy about being a white knight moderator simp who's going to control a streamer. And that's fucking gross. That's that's how you see it? That's exactly how I see it, and that's, I think, how a lot of people So you're acting it. like the god of the streamer? Yes. Basically? It's putting... I mean, it, 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 it's, not, it's not a horror game. I mean, it is, but no, it's... A, it, it, what, what they've made is a male power fantasy. Oh, it turns into a horror game, watching the trailer. Yes, it's a it horror does, game. But you're control... I... I, I it's it's a gross and I feel like tone deaf idea in a time, especially right now, when everything is coming out about the stories of women streamers who deal with this shit on a daily basis. No, that yes, that part is bad. I I, I grant you that. I, I think this is I, I, for a game like this. It really depends upon to me. Will this always end up as a horror game or not? If it always ends up as a horror game, like the last half of this trailer, it's a horror movie. In that way, it's it's the same structure as Night Trap. Or yeah, the first part of it, they're all dancing around and singing in skimpy clothes, but then it becomes a horror sort of theme. Is this the same sort of thing? 
I don't know. I don't follow. I don't follow girls on on, on streams. I don't know how bad it is or what the environment is. Maybe you know more than me. It seems it's, very very bad. It, it's it's that creepy. Where let's put it this way: is it is it bad to want to be the moderator and control it in a good way, or are you think it's just creepy to want to be a moderator in general for one of these girls? It's creepy to just want to. It's creepy in the context of the game because your job as the moderator is to control the woman. Or control, I guess, how the stream goes, because you could ban people or not. Should I answer this? Mod is one of the things in there. Like, it's 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 putting her as the... Hel- it's putting her in a helpless female role, and you're the savior guy mod who's going to... It, it's, it's disgusting. It's kind of fucking gross and tone deaf for right now. It's tone deaf. Okay. But for, 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 for full motion video games, though, it's part and parcel that's what you do you well, control yeah, the well i mean sure there is a larger conversation to be had about full motion games being more exploitative but i think this one just hits a bunch of wrong buttons for people okay that's okay they took the trailer down but you can still uh, off of youtube but you can still watch it on um you can still watch it on what is this the slasher uh what is this rod breslau i'm not familiar you can watch it on, on twitter here um so so you see you see her what was what's weird about it is that if you were a mod, this is what I'm saying with this. What's weird about it is, it, 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 to me, becomes more fantasy because in the real world, you would never get if you're a moderator of one of these uh, streamer channels, you would never get to like hang out with them in real life. And in here, you're following her along, like hanging out with her friends and going to the club. That's where it to me, it's it's the ultimate fulfillment of the fantasy. It's like now I'm actually her friend, and now I'm spending time with this with this girl. That to me is actually more creepy than controlling her streams. It's now I get to see what she's really like, and now I'm a part of her life. Yes, and it's the whole thing is creepy. <laughs> oh, sure. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not. I guess I'm not as offended as as the general concept. I'm not offended. It's just fucking gross. It's like I don't know who's going to buy this sort of game. I don't know who this appeals to. I don't know. That's the thing. I'm not calling for a cancellation. I would uh, simply just hope it flops. It's a bad, weird, creepy idea. Control the chat stream. You are the moderator. You see her wear the outfits. Uh, become part of her life. That's where it's creepy to me. Yes. Become part of her yes. life. That's I mean, where it's creepy. It's right there in paper. It's all very, very creepy. The what, becoming part of her life shit. When you start to... Ingraining yourself. That's the whole fantasy. It's like... Well, is that the fantasy of a moderator to like become more part of the person's life? Is that why? Well, you want to that's what I'm getting at. My understanding from following some female streamers and women streamers and hearing how they talk about it is that it's very much like this. Yes, their whole lives revolve around being worried about are they giving these people too much access? Sure. And it's shit that happens to them on a daily basis. So that's to me. Okay, that's where. Okay, you, you actually start looking at her texts to her friends. So that's you're not really being a mod anymore. Now, yeah, you are becoming. A no, part it's of her just life. it's a stalker simulator. Is how I feel about it. Stalker. Okay. All right. Well, you're trying to keep it, her. It's, it's but you're like, trying to keep her away from the stalker, though. You're trying to save her from the stalker in the game. We don't know. That, I mean. I mean, that's what it, that's what it looks like. There's a creepy stalker comes after her. Yeah, it, it looks like you can just let the stalker get her. Well, you, you can let the vampire guys get the girls in night trap. <laughs> yeah, stop. but ostensibly you're trying to do your job in night trap. Are you though? <laughs> I, I've only played night trap like once at my friend's house there. Uh, Publisher Wales Interactive said in a series tweets that the game seeks to raise awareness toward online abuse. No, it, it might, but I mean, like, you're not going to buy this game in order to. No, that, that, is, that is cold, hard capitalism. Um, they've also done, uh, for motion video games, uh, The Complex and Late Shift, 
And I got to uh, see what those are about. It's, it'll be up to you to handle a chat log and maintain personal contact with the streamer, Abacake99. You'll make decisions about the posts in her chat, respond to DMs from her, and work to help Abby succeed. Women don't make... She can fire you if you mess up. Well, there you go. She can fire you. What, what I, what I, then, uh, then I read that um, other real-life streamers agree to be in the game as like side characters. I guess that can show up here. Uh, part of the game will involve uh, protecting Abby from a predator and following her as she takes her streaming into dangerous real-world scenarios. Oh, that's how you're in touch with her. She's streaming in real life. That, okay, that's how they're gonna they're gonna get away with that part. Okay, at least that makes it makes sense in the world. I, I, I guess it's the first improvised FMV game with a press release drawing comparisons to found footage movies like the Blair Witch Project and Paranormal Activity. Oh, okay. So they did they give her like a, a say? Okay, go out. We're going to film you. We're not going to tell you what to say, but here's the generally what's happening. Yes, they're trying to say okay. she co-wrote it, but basically they gave her they gave, ideas. They gave her ideas. Okay, guidelines. Well, that's interesting for a full motion video game, though. It is, um, and that's the thing. I feel like that there are a number of opportunities. At, there were there had to because they say that they've been working on this for four years. I feel like there's been a number of opportunities in the past four years for them to take a step back and be like, there is probably a way to do this, but not the way we're doing it. And gotcha. the way they're advertising it is also like I feel like they're advertising it specifically to that kind of weirdo. Gotcha. Um, it seems the game will have two goals: help Abby succeed and keep her safe. You can also influence what type of kind of stream she does, or purposely encourage drama and help her increase her ratings. Oh, that's that's an interesting little psychological. How are you going to play this game? You're gonna you're gonna go safe and or go go, go for drama. Uh, real life streamers will also appear within the game as characters. You'll be able to contact some of them too, but they may have ulterior motives. All right. See that to me is getting more interesting when you actually tr- try to draw upon the w- w- fucked up shit trying to be a content provider. That's actually a more interesting game than making it horror to me. When you actually maybe maybe this this streamer is going to stab you in the back, or maybe they're trying to use you for something or something. That's actually a more interesting concept to me. Is there a way to do this game where you're actually... No, full motion video, you're also you're always looking at someone. You're never that character, for the most part, right? Whenever you're that character in the game, it's always weird. When you see that character, like like those uh, detective games, that's always a little weirder. Usually, usually always an outside observer looking at those. Uh, sure. What was that game? The Pandora Directive? Was that what it was called? What the fuck was that game called? Pa- Pandora... Oh God! What the fuck was that? Was it, is, it, is that is that a Robert Ludlum thing? Pandora Directive. Oh, that was a game. Pandora Directive. That was a game. Okay, you play as te- it's a Tex Murphy game. Okay, you're, you're, you're yes, Tex Murphy. You're you're watching Tex Murphy. You're not you're playing as him, but you're not him. Right? Does that make sense? Okay. All right. Anything else to add here? No. I think this is going to come out and be a success. No. On Steam? No. Okay. You're just you're just turned off by it. Okay. This segment of the CU Podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. And above the belt, Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technology developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Pat, I know that we've been sitting around in quarantine, but it's summertime. We maybe have been lazy, but you know what? It's time to clean up. We don't need all that extra hair right now. No. Get yourself aerodynamic. You don't want swamp taint and ready for summer. No, you don't. Okay. And they got the lawnmower 3.0 to help you do that. Check it out, Ian. LED light to guide you down that path of cleanliness. It's waterproof in the shower. Listen, everyone out there. 
men out there, you know you try, you try to groom, but it can be dangerous I have, with a straight edge. It can be a little a little hairy part of the pun with a straight edge. I have, in fact, uh, nicked myself before, and it is a pain that is long-lasting uh, and deep. This has a special guard that will keep you safe. Absolutely, and it has the quiet stroke technology on top of that. Yes, uh, you, you don't want to get an ingrown hair on your twig or get razor burn on your berries. That 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 can be a bad a bad situation. Not, you, you really got to uh, be careful around your cotton cabbages. Absolutely. So that's why Manscaped, the lawnmower 3.0, will get you to that promised land. You'll thank yourself. Your significant other will definitely thank you for being a little clean down there. And, you know, there's no shame in taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Correct, Ian? That's absolutely right. So, we got a special offer right now? We do. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping with code CUPODCAST at manscaped.com. Ian, your balls are going to thank you. All right, Ian, we're knee-deep into Nintendo World Championships carts news the past... The past uh, My favorite. I'm so excited. Of this new NWC is going to be up for sale? <laughs> yes. It's the Mario NWC cart. Do Ian. the Mario. It's, it's arguably the most famous NWC cart. And yes. why, is it, why is it called the Mario? Because someone pulled the label off and wrote Mario on it. <laughs> they scraped off most of it. They wrote Mario. And we don't know when it was written or if it was uh, uh, you know one of the original uh, 90 competitors we don't know what number it is cuz it's ripped off the number yeah. there's something adorable about the Mario NWC card this goes back to back when these these used to be on NWC cards 10 years ago 11 years ago we're on we're on eBay almost all the time there was a gray one up for sale and you could almost find the Mario NWC card for sale because it was ridiculous how they'd want the same amount of money for that one or close being that it's a destroyed copy there's another one that also doesn't have a label, but it, that one isn't called the Mario one because it's not written on this one. I mean, I, I, whatever. I mean, collecting aside, all that aside, I mean, what I will say is that I kind of like cartridges that have stories like this. Like, if I have... A, I, I, I talked about it on Twitter recently. If I have a, a, a choice between a clean copy of a Game Boy game and a copy that has someone's name and age you written like, on it or something. Like I kind of like that shit. Um, or the one I actually had, I got said, for, got uh, received for my birthday or something on the back of it. Sure. Um, I think there is something cute here because I can see what happened here. Label gets peeled off, someone pops it in, they finally get it to do something and, you know, I mean, they find Mario. You know, I mean, they, they write Mario. It's like a seven-year-old. It. Right. It's a seven-year-old or, or, or a parent who had no idea what the fuck this shit was. And just, That's not a parent's handwriting if so they're a serial killer. I, I don't know, man. My <laughs> handwriting is pretty bad. So is um, but I, I, I do... When something is as rare as, as an NWC cart, and none of them are in particularly good condition, I yes, I understand that this one should go for a lower value, but I think there are pre- people like me, I'm not going to lie, if I were to ever own an NWC cart, and I'm not even interested in it, sure, maybe I would like the Mario one. I might find I saw that kind of cool. I thought you know, it was cool. I took a why picture. not? I took a picture with it. There's a neat, I gotta find that picture. There's probably a neat story behind it. I would be fine with that cartridge. Well, the story is uh, a kid peeled the label yeah. off and they wrote more. That's yeah. story. It's just we don't know, obviously, what number it is. Like I said, if you, go on, if you go on the NWC database, if you will, you'll see all the whatever the... If you will. If you will, the several dozen... <laughs> and, <laughs> I don't know why we would do that. I don't know. Um, if, I don't know. But anyway, there's the several dozen of these that, that are accounted for at this point. And you can find there's there's two or maybe three without labels. 
but this one is called the Mario one, affectionately, and it's always been around. People have always known this one. Uh, but anyway, so this is for sale uh, off of Facebook. Uh, James Lee is selling it, uh, along with the NWC hat, which I do want that hat. I wish I had that hat. I should have got it years ago when it was like a hundred, a couple hundred dollars. The NWC hat and the program included fifty grand or best offer. And of course, this goes, this comes in the heel, heels on the, on the sale we spoke about. Uh, where allegedly or uh, reportedly it went for around 40 the one with a ripped off label on the top uh, there so now people are starting to say oh let's see what we can get right now with, with, with all this craziness going on and I don't know maybe someone will cash in and buy this maybe they think if this ever came up for, on Heritage Auctions at the gavel and they said this this is the acclaimed Mario NWC I would laugh my ass off I would because it is known it is known in, in the retro game community it is yeah it, 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 it has no some sort of notoriety, and I think it is looked at fondly. Also yes. because it has, as you mentioned, it is one of the more known copies in terms of just how long it's been around, too. Yeah, because the other ones, it's like, well, do you remember if number 212 was around or, or, or seven? Like, you have no idea what the numbers are. Sure. I forget what my number it is sometimes. I'm like, oh, it's 200-something. There's, there's no notoriety with that alone. Unless you have direct providence from one of the 90 final NWC finalists, which that there it, are some. That it was theirs. Yeah, there are some, but there's less than you think of those 90 that, that are, have Providence. There's, it's, it's hard to know. Like, and I, someone on, on uh, Twitter, I went back and forth with, the, 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 they said, like, they claimed, like, oh, that it was staged, the, 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 the yard sale fine was staged. And I was like, not, there's no reason to stage Staged that. There's no reason to do that. I mean, it, it's going to sell no matter what. It's one of the most coveted video games. Why would? Why would? But there's, it's hard to get providence on these. Like the one that was turned into Luna that I now own. We have no idea if that was uh, one of the ninety finalists, or it was an employee that gave it to someone, or we have no clue where yep. that came from. Absolutely so, zero knowledge. So if, if there's no providence, the interest level goes down again. But for these, the providence doesn't matter as much. Because there's, there's not that many of them. But I don't know. Maybe someone will, will give a crazy offer. Maybe someone will say, I'll give you 30 for it. And then they take it or 35. I don't know. Um, but this, this, let's put it this way. I think I would rather own this one, though, than the one we just saw sold with the rip, with the rip top label. Absolutely. Off. I think I would. Because that's just one with the rip top label. This is a funny one that has Mario written on the, it and people no yes I, I agree yeah, I would te- much technically that one would grade a whatever a four I know you hit the grade but that would grade higher than this one but they're both in terrible condition they're both in terrible condition I'd rather have this one in terrible condition than the other one in terrible condition because it's almost like hands down it's almost of the time they might have wrote that Mario in 90 or 91 or 92 yes. like they wrote it back then or, or it was an employee's son or daughter that ripped off the label because they're a stupid kid, and the label's coming off anyway probably because they're so cheap, and they decided to write Mario on it. And you can't be pissed at them because they're six years old. It's like, oh, what did you do? It's a dumb game. It's not worth anything. Yeah. You know, so. All right, that, that's all I'm going to say about this. I just think it's funny. You know, we might see more of these come, come for sale uh, with everything going on, and people get their, get their fill of NWC cards. You know all those all those all the speculators out there. Uh, I'll be I'd be really interested to see what what the next one goes for on on Heritage Auctions with with all the crazy going on, and I'll be really, really interested to see if a gold one is ever put on to see what that craziness goes for because I can't even predict what that would go for with all the all the uh, all the money floating around out there right now. Yeah. All right, Ian. Hmm. Yep. <clears throat> uh, we are we already at the? Oh no, we're not there yet. We have a scumbag. Seller of the week. Week. 
We, we had, had a lot of options this week. We had a lot of options. We had to go for the number one. It's a scumbag sell of the week after all. We are going to... The good news is, is we're going to have scumbag sellers for the next couple weeks. Well, yes. It, it, yes. Yeah. We, 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 had a, we had a dearth. Uh, we, we have a dearth of them right now. What are people doing right now? They're selling and they're being scummy about it. Uh, so, hold on. I got to see which one we no, actually No, we had picked. a dearth. Dearth is lack of. We had a dearth. Now we yes, have abundance. Yes. yes. Now we have an abundance. So, who's the seller, Ian? The seller, Patrick, is uh, sold by the store from Cheese with a Z. And um, what's going on with this one, Patrick? The store from Cheese? It's 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 G G A E. Did we click on? Did I click on L B underscore zero? That's that's the seller. Did you did you click on the wrong one? I might have. <laughs> no, I, I clicked on. Uh... I think you clicked the wrong one. All right. So what are they selling? They are selling. Uh, what we think are sealed. games, but they're actually resealed games. So if you click on the Dr. Mario one, Ian, I think you, oh, you clicked on... Oh, I see what you did. You clicked on the similar item. You got to view the original item there, buddy. I, click I clicked... I, oh, I clicked on the, the original... That. Okay. So... <sighs> okay, view so original So for item. sale, they had a Dr. Mario sealed <laughs> complete in box. It's all flustered. I found it. Please see full description. This ended July 21st. It actually ended this morning. So what this is is a resealed, resealed, resealed game. Um, so this is your rare opportunity. This is description. This is your rare opportunity to play one of these greatest games of all time, or to make a sky high profit on resale. <laughs> oh boy! One of the hottest games ever made for NES and craved by many collectors. Listen, I gave Doctor Mario four and a half stars on a certain NES guidebook. It's it's not created by many collectors though. It's a great game though. The game was purchased by by Northern Virginia's largest reseller of games since '94. It's a complete set: original box, original manual, and original game, which works perfectly. A word about the seal, Ian. A word about the a seal. word about it. The game has been played only once, has been tested by reseller, and works perfectly, and has been immediately resealed. You wouldn't know this game was in fact resealed new unless I told you in the description. Yes, it's that good. Perfect for resale for your own personal playing. Dirty. This is disgusting. Dirty. Dirty like gross laundry. This is disgusting. Yeah, it's awful. So basically, this guy is resealing games, and I would I would have to imagine that his reseal is not nearly as good as he thinks or the, it is. Or the sell or the seller resale. It, it isn't because it doesn't have it doesn't have the H. Yeah, seal. it's it going to look like shit. There's just you, you, anyone who cares about seals. I have resealed games that I bought from a seller in Jersey, black box ones. They look terrible. I might as well just take the seal off, but it protects them a little bit. But they're resealed. They look no, terrible. No, but you, they don't. That shit shrinks down and will damage I corners. I know over time. It's, it's why you're resealed. not supposed to ever keep records sealed either. But some seals are better. They don't. But you know. Um, but that res- the stuff that is used for resales is generally awful on that. Uh, and then he's telling you, uh, they're telling you in this description uh, that you could m- try to sell it for a profit. So the person is telling you that it's resealed and then telling you to knowingly try to commit fuck fraud. someone over they're t- they're by to, selling they're it. They're telling you to, to, to commit, commit fraud. Yes. I mean, the, the good news is that the seal is so bad, if you know anything about sealed games, you won't, you won't fall for it. So it only went for $41, which... I don't know what a complete inbox Dr. Mario goes for. That seems about the ballpark, but I don't know. On it, so at least they didn't fall for it. But there's a bunch of others there that I think might, people might get taken for. Like there's a oh my god, I'm actually like looking at the picture now. The seal is miserable. This yes. dude's seal is miserable. It's not close to being a a real seal. No, but but now there's a fire emblem 
uh, for GameCube one. And I don't know much about how, how hard it is to do the GameCube reseals. Those are the ones that are like little, little folded edges in the top. I have no idea what it takes. Uh, it would to- also probably be very difficult. Oh, sure. But, but the point is, is that this person is selling a bunch of these. Let me see the Fire Emblem one here. Yeah, that's a bad resale, resale too. But they're getting bids on, and people are bidding these up, not seeing what's going on uh, with this. And you get the same, the same bullshit. Oh, um, there's, there's people upset, got upset at him on the Fire Emblem one. Uh, f- says, please see full description. You click on the Fire Emblem one, le- Emblem one. He has a bunch of updates one. The same thing. This has been resealed. Uh, for those of you wondering why this item is being uh, being relisted by me, the previous winning bidder failed to pay. So they're like, this is bullshit. Yeah. I'm not doing that. Folks, please be serious about paying before you bid. eBay allows you 48 hours to pay after you win. It allows you more than that. Um, you can you can go for a while. How about uh, please don't be a garbage shithead? Um, I'm, another update. Update. Also tonight, an update. I'm disappointed that I even have to write this, but my eBay, e- eBay mailbox is blowing up with these points. Please do not m- email me offering to buy it now. If I wanted to sell it a flat rate, I would have done it by now. Please do not mount me w- wanting to know the reserve price. Blah, blah, blah. Please do not email tell me how stupid or unreasonable it is. <laughs> so, this person obviously is having issues, and I think people are getting upset at him, and rightfully so. Good. For lots of different reasons. He also has a Bomberman 2. Oh, the reseal looks terrible on this yep, one. Yep, it's this, awful. This one, of, this one is shrinking the box, it looks like, and damaging the box, it looks like. And a word about the seal, this game has only been played once again. So, uh, he's he's trying to tell us that he's opened these, played them once, and then resealed them, so you should just trust him, and it's as good as a sealed game. It's, re- and, it's oh, insane. Oh, also listing cartridges that are sealed, where literally it's just the cartridges that are sealed. Link to the Past is sealed. There's no such thing as a sealed cartridge. Yeah. There's no such thing. A sealed Battletoads and manual. He's you locked in the freshness of the manual yeah. with the cartridge? What the shit? That's not even a sealed one. That's just a baggie on it. That's a baggie. It's a fucking baggie. A fucking vacuum bag? <laughs> it's a baggie. This is insane. So this is someone trying to... They see, they see sealed games being sold for a ton of money. They're trying to get poor rubes to bid on this shit in order to cash in. And obviously you're dumb if you're buying a resealed game. But you cannot describe these games as new condition or sealed that are resealed. That is just blat- awful, blatantly false advertisement here. Yep. I mean, that's the only thing I can say. I want to see what completed items they have now. I'm curious what, what else has uh, been sold here. Um, oh, a sealed Contra went for $31, just the cartridge. But at least that's what the cart goes for. Well, don't ever... Like, I would never want to buy a cartridge that's like sealed. I mean, yeah, you're giving a little bit of protection, but then you got to fucking take the wrapper off in order to play it. I mean, that's like, not like a big deal, but... But, but like, the, what's the point? There's no point. There's no point of sealing up a cartridge. Put, put it in a protective case if put you want. Put it in a sleeve, yeah. Oh, they, they sell those plastic... Or they put in those plastic holders for that. There was a Bomberman 2 that was sealed. Please read full description. Of course, that means it's not. A, a, a Top Gun 2 went for only uh, 21 bucks. That's good. A, a Tetris went for 60 bucks. That seems like that's overpriced for a complete in-box copy of a Tetris. A Yoshi Story, just a cartridge. A lot of cartridge-only shit. What seller out there is sealing up uh, games, uh, cartridges? I've seen it before. It's just what is the effort you're going to? Like, is that a, is there a premium? Like that seems like a lot of wasted time. Yeah, I, I I can't. I like I wouldn't if I saw if I saw two Game Boy games, one sealed and one not sealed, just the cartridge, and they were both five dollars. Uh, I mean, I 
I mean, I wouldn't care. <laughs> like, I, I, there's, it, it's not making that. Other, it, it's not making I mean, the sealed one more it. appealing. No, I know. I've seen that swap meets and flea markets, and I'm just looking at like, like these cars are pretty hefty. You really gotta, you really have to really want to damage some of these carts once you keep care, uh, take care of them. I don't know. I, 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 is there a risk of damaging the seal or, or label if you're putting a, a cellophane seal on it? I don't know. I just think it's weird. Whatever. It's silly. All right. This is this whole seller is a silly. Uh, person, but they're also the scumbag seller of the week. 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 Ian Patrick. We, we got a Patreon. Patreon.com slash CU podcast. Get that video podcast in its full. I'll do a writing just as soon as I settle. And you can vote on a poll. Is this our Monty Python song we're trying to do? I just pulled that out of my ass, so <laughs> there's that. Well, spe- speaking of, of, of music, in third place on our Patreon poll topic this week, what video game should be turned into a Broadway musical? 11%. Wow, almost single digits. That's bad. Uh, second place, 17%. Favorite things about the start of summer, and were you a beach kid? 17%. And in the first place, wow, this is a huge win. This is a Putin election right here with no shenanigans going on at all. What are modern gamers missing out on that 80s and 90s gamers had, Ian? What are modern gamers missing out on? They're not missing out on that Gamer Girl game, though. No. Um, I think one thing that, that modern gamers are missing out on, and I, uh, it's been on my mind, actually, um, but uh, there's no manuals in games anymore. And it's becoming something that I think a lot of people, like, they haven't been in games for years and years and years now. And it's something that I think people are just kind of realizing was taken away from them, but, like, they're realizing it late because I keep getting a lot of people who, like, will call me up and be like, hey, do you have this game for the PS4? Do you have this game for the Xbox One? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, is it complete? I'm like, you you mean it has the box? Does it have a manual? It never came with a manual. There are just no manuals in these games anymore, and I don't know where that cutoff happened. It happened PS3-ish. sometime in the P- it happened sometime during the PS3 360 era because it, like some of them, like say Call of Duty Modern Warfare Four, I had someone ask for a complete copy of that the other day, and I was like, "Was there even one?" And there is, but it's like a three-page black and white brochure that shows you like what your controller looks like, and not to you know eat sure. it and get an electrical shock or whatever. You know, it's not like, to eat the manual. Yeah, I mean, I, I, <laughs> the controller. Do not I don't eat know. this. Do not eat this. Um, and I very fondly remember manuals. Not everyone like was as weird about them as I was, but I would get a new game and I would take the manual to school and I would read through the manual, or I would read it on the bus home. I never did that. Picking actually, up the game with my NES manuals, and it helped. Like I, I like to be able to jump into a game and start playing. One of the biggest things that kills me about modern games is overly long tutorials. I have no problem with a basic tutorial in-game. It's nice. Even when games had manuals, a lot of times they'd run you through. Okay, press your A to jump. You know, press A and B to do, you know, your fucking super sweep kick. and Super sweep kick. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's nice. But now, because there is no manual and these games get excessively complex... You you spend three hours learning the game before you even get into it. Are they really that long? Some of them. Some of them are. I you're closer to two hours, and it's absolutely fucking mind numbing to me. I I it, it's not fun. I would rather have some basic stuff in a manual that I can access at any time, and then um, you know like an in game 
you know, help file that I can access, you know, or the ability to turn tutorial stuff on and off. But now all that tutorial stuff is usually built into the storyline of the game, and uh, it's fine. It's just, it's an issue I have with AAA games in general. Um, I'm a much better learner by text than I am visually, because I can go at my pace when I'm reading text. Well, manuals became less necessary when games obviously became more visually defined, and it was easier to tell stories um, when you look back to something like Legend of Zelda and their glorious manual, which is like fucking 45 pages long or whatever whatever it was. Beautiful, full-color art. The, oh, sto- the, art. the, star- the story I'm thus su- far. I'm surprised Nintendo never reprinted that artwork as like paintings, like officially, that, that original Zelda artwork. It's so good. Um, you, you get the backstory. You're like, wow. Oh, wow. Look at this. Yeah. A dying woman comes and says, oh, you know, s- s- save the princess. It's like, oh, okay, that's a little heady for an NES game. I'm yeah, like, it, it literally says in there that, yeah. like, they sprinkle Link's blood on his ash. It's like, it gives you a lot of flavor to the game. Yeah, you're like, wow, this is, this is I just played a dumb game with a little little ninja jumping around before, and now I'm playing this epic. Well, I wouldn't know it was an epic, uh, uh, you know, unless you jumped in. So, it, so it, puts your, it puts your mind in a certain place before you dove in uh, to the game. And yeah, you want to learn how to play the game. And something like Legend of Zelda, you, sh- you should read the manual because it gives you a good head start. And it lets you know, oh, you got to find the boomerang in the first level. you gotta, you got to find this there. And, you know, it, you, you would need that if you're a seven or six-year-old, you're going to get lost at, at that young of age. So you definitely needed that. But obviously, as you got the internet and, and games became more, um, they became more complex, but, but you know, they allowed you to t- tell the story easier on screen. I, I guess they, I guess developers decided we don't need the manuals anymore. Like we just don't need them as much. We're, we're going through tutorials. We have we hired voice actors and actresses, and we have all this stuff going on. What's what's the point? But uh, but it's a, it's a shame though because obviously your imagination becomes less and less. You don't need your imagination anymore to play games. Sure, you just don't. You needed the imagination up to a certain point in time. Obviously, like, like when, when you're playing an adventure on the Atari, you need an imagination. To know what the hell you know to, to, to sort of form form ideas about oh I'm, I'm a I'm a knight in a castle fighting a dragon no you're a fucking little pixel dot going around sure and I mean uh, to that point I you know and, and this else, I realize some of this is just going to sound like cranky old man stuff I'm not, I'm not trying to be cranky if you enjoy the the way games are modern in modern times that's cool I still think manuals would be nice but my other complaint was it took me a long time to get used to voice acting being introduced in games because that was really that was really like a big that was a big thing they needed to check off to like fully transition games into a more becoming more like cinema just having voices previously in rpgs i could still to a degree create that character in my head what they sounded like and things like that and as time has gone on a lot of that ability to actually role play in a role playing game has been taken away because you're not actually becoming the character you're just watching someone perform the character right exactly sure so you know voice acting took me a long time to get used to because I always wanted the voices in my head I didn't want you know some Ian wants the voices in his head anyways um yeah another thing and this was kind of like what um uh, got the topic on this thing was I was we were trying to figure out a way to word something about uh, rental stores, um, but to me that's more movie based. But rental stores were cool simply because you went, you were limited to what was there, <sighs> you had to pick something, and you were more likely to sit down and play the shit out of it. 
You had to. You had, tw- you had 48 hours. Exactly. I feel like I feel like rental stores in the past gave you a sense of focus that you don't so much have now. Sure. Whether it was with a movie or games, you were focused on what you were picking. There wasn't endless supplies. You had to pick something and leave. And then you had a small time period to get through it. Frank, Frank Cifaldi. We love Frank, right? We yes. love sharing Long Island Pizza with him hopefully next year again. He's had a great line in uh, Not For Resale. He said, limited choice might make you a more interesting person because you force yourself to, to be open to, to uh, entertainment you wouldn't normally be open to. Yes, and that's absolutely yeah. true. Um, it's why... Uh, I, 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 I'm not sure about the interesting person part, but I see his point about it you forces you to, to get... Well, you're, you wouldn't normally. you're going to know more about the stuff that you know about, too, is, is you're another gonna, way to you're look gonna, at you're it. Gonna, you're going to... Get out of your comfort zone more. Yes. And it's, uh, you know, when I first met you, it, it, this was one of the first conversations I remember us having. It's why I hate meme cabinets. It's not because I, 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 I hate or despise emulation. It's because Too personally, for me, when you give me a list of games like that, I am never, ever going to pick one and play it the way it should be played. You'd never play a random one you would never have, have had. Or I would, but I'm not going to give any time into it because I'm going to be like, okay, this is neat, but what else? Okay, this sure. is neat, but what else? There is something to be said about limiting your choices and limiting what you're working with. When ah! I had the t-shirts. The button never bothered you that much. On the, there. Um, I, I like the fact that there was mystery to games. You had no clue how the games played. You had magazines that had pictures of it, talked about it. You had no clue how these games actually played until you played them. Less coverage. There was far less coverage of games. It was far easier to avoid info about a game. If you wanted to go into a game blind, it was oftentimes easier to go into it blind than it would be informed. No, no, but but even if Nintendo Power covered a game like Contra, I have no clue how that game actually feels. Sure. How it sounds. If I if it's smooth to control, you had no idea. You had to actually experience it, I, and that was one of the great things. But it also led you astray because if you go into that rental shop, or if you bought a game, I still marvel at some of these games on the NES that are actually common that aren't that good games at all, like Magmax, where it's like, who actually looked in the sh- on the on, on the VidPro <laughs> card at Toys R Us and said, "Oh, that looks interesting." That's also, that's obviously the counterpoint. You had to you had to take that chance. Based upon, oh, does that look interesting to me? Oh, okay. Not that Mad Max is a terrible game, but I mean like... Mag Max or Mad Max? Mag Max. Mag, Mag Max is pretty fun. Mad Max is miserable. Mad Max is awful, yes. What, what, I don't forget what I... Did I review Mag Max? Anyway. Um, but you see what I mean, though? You're just taking a chance. There was a mystery. There was a, a gamble in a way that was... Not that the gamble part of, of, the, of, of finding a good game is, is a sexy part of, of being a game player growing up, but... There is something to that where you have the chance of being extremely disappointed by a game that cannot happen anymore. It's so it's almost impossible in modern times to buy a game and not know exactly what you're getting. With how covered the games are these days, and, and this is both good and bad. Uh, well, it, it, mostly good. This is mostly good. As long as you want the information, it's there. Reviews, yes, reviews should exist, but the need for reviews feels lessened these days because by the time a game has released, you've seen enough of it to know, okay, this is up my alley or it's not. Well, now they, now they play, we, we, we taught this before. This could be a topic we did a few years ago. Now you could just, reviewers play through 10 hours of a game. They, they put footage of it online or YouTubers and streamers. 
you could see half the game before it comes out sometimes yeah before you have your chance to get a copy and i don't know that mystery is gone i don't know i don't know are you mocking me like just i don't know trying to do a monty python character no (laughs) it's it's monty python heavy podcast but yeah there's no more mystery left to, to some of these games like almost every game of any notoriety is played on it's streamed or it's on YouTube you can find a review of, of it it's it, it's amazing when you think about it the same thing with any movie nowadays you can find a review of any little movie com- that comes out or any little Netflix uh, premiere like you can find it but that that's just totally gone it's missing and I don't know if I prefer that it's just it maybe it was more interesting time when you don't know what you were playing when yeah. you were renting because sure. we've all rented does before yeah. I rented. I never forget uh, Magic Star Video. I love that. I love that logo. It was a little, little, little magic little wand and everything. God, I love that name. Magic Star Video. Rented Mickey Mouse Capade, Wizards and Warriors. Rented both of them. Neither one of those are games I truly love, but boy, did I force myself to play those that weekend. I forced myself to play just those two games, and Wizards and Warriors to this day I don't like because as a kid I probably couldn't get to the third stage of that hard ass game Wizards and Warriors uh, is not a good game uh, the controls are so bad yes. in that game but Mickey, but I have a fondness for Wizards and Warriors because of that experience though I, it, will, it will never be one of my favorite games but we put that piece of garbage in the video game years I'm not sure we had to because we all remember that game we didn't need to do a lot of things that we did in the video no, game years no I was talking to some things I shouldn't have been talking to in the video game years but anyway but but Mickey Mouse Capade I'll always remember renting it and playing it that and getting to barely getting to the third stage as a kid getting I fucking woods. love Mickey Mouse Capade um, but Good old it, Hudson Soft game but again it was it was that was one that I got for Christmas and it was you play what you have if I yes. was exposed to Mickey Mouse Capade now I'd probably be like this is cute but pretty rough it's what we had and we liked it yeah I mean that's what it comes down to you know what game I had and didn't like RC Pro-Am. I was so fucking awful at that game that I just... I, 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 you know, I never got good at it. I was like... <laughs> but I wasn't good as a kid either. I enjoyed it. I, I definitely uh, enjoyed it more as I got older. But, like, the first two years I had RC Pro-Am, that game fucking sat there and I stared at it. I was like, you miserable son That was a bitch. game that Kevin had. Oh, fuck Kevin. And obviously it wasn't two players, so that sucked. If that was a two-player game, the first one, it would have been a, it would have been a marvelous experience. But the slippery controls, I didn't get used to until I got older. There's something to be said about the racing games that I probably... I got a lot better at racing games as I got older. I couldn't get to the fourth, fifth stage of, of Rad Racer as a kid. When I'm older, I think I can get to the, the last stage before I, before I get into trouble. I, I don't know why with Rate because you actually drive a car as you get older. I don't know. But, but RC Perm, yeah, I did not like that game as a kid either. But it's a great game, uh, obviously. Yes, it's good. Um it One just, of the few games by Rare that I think is actually pretty. You like Snake Rattle and Roll? I mean, uh, uh, Snake Rattle and Roll is Snake Rattle and Roll is fun for a few minutes, but I don't. It doesn't hold it, up. It gets up its own ass that's, a little bit. That's kind of how I feel about uh, Cobra Triangle. Cobra Triangle is fun for a few minutes. I never liked Cobra Triangle. Whenever we were playing the marathon, I'm like, uh, I'm not into this it's, at all. It's an interesting idea, I get, I get but more, it's, I, it's I, poorly executed. I like Snake Rattle and Roll two players a lot better. There's some fun fun to be had. Yeah, there. you can fuck around with the yeah, other Yeah, isometric stuff is fun. It, it, it gets a little weird sometimes, but it's, it's nice fun. to look at. So, yeah. All right. Is that, is, that, is that it for, the, for, this, uh, for this Patreon poll topic? That's it for this Patreon poll topic. But, but wait, there's more! You know what, Ian? Hmm. We're knee-deep into July here. We are. So we're going we're gonna to pull, uh, pull an audible, something we, we haven't done before. We're going to talk about the second Patreon poll choice here. Favorite things at the start of the summer, and where are you at Beach Kid? 
You go first. Don't call me when I'm talking about the summer here. I am not super fond of summer, but I can talk about summer. You go first. The start. This of the is this is this is the topic you've been wanting. I wanted is, the this books. Is, this is Pat's fetish topic. I wanted the books. You wanted the summer. So go summer. Oh, maybe I'll get in the mood. I was talking with somebody the other day. I got to read more. Smartphones have ruined reading for me. By the way, before smartphones, I was reading three, four, five books a year. Now I'm like, eh, what's a book? I'll get back to that. All right. The start of the summer. Favorite things about the start of summer, Ian? The last week of school. We're, we're talking like grade school. You're being like 11, 12 years old. That's like 13. Oh, the, the excitement is electric. It's fucking great because you don't, like, there's barely any work anymore. The like, teachers have given up. The, te- the teachers gave up. See, see, I was, went to Catholic school, so we always got a little bit earlier. We were done by like the first and a half week. We were done by like June 10th. We were done. None of this. When I hear people, oh, we don't get out till like June twenty eighth. I'm like, ha, 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 I'm out like early June, asshole. Yeah, and then they're I back get, like August first. Like summer break. No, no, no. What they no, used no. to be. I, got, I, got, I went back after Labor Day, like everyone else. We no, got I know. Up. I know. I'm saying mo- modern. Oh, times. modern times. Saying summer breaks are not what they used to we be. We got almost three full months. We yeah. got like eleven weeks of summer as a kid. It was beautiful. Public school still went for a few more weeks. <laughs> Assholes. Anyway, so so the last week of school was just like it was like. It was fucking nothing. It was brilliant. It, you came into school. You did like your little arts and crafts bullshit. Even when you were 11 or 12, you, it was like wrap-up time. It was You found out. You got your report card the last day of school. You found out, you, you, oh, what class are you going to go to? That was kind of sad. You're like, oh, I'm not gonna, we're not going to be in the same class here. They kept most of the same kids together year over year. I think, right. I think, like, I'd say two-thirds of the kids, if you were in, we had two or three classes from, like, once you got to seventh grade, it went to two classes, but we had three classes, A, B, and C, like six A, B, and C. They kept most of the same kids together. I think they broke up problem kids here and there. And yes, a little that's, bit. That, that's where most but, of your, I was going to say, most of your changes in, in there Catholic, was, that's that s- 75% crossover class to class. But, it was, but you still saw the same kids on recess or, you know. It was fine for what it was. You were still on the same buses and things like that. That was fun, getting that last report card, which used to be the last day or next to the last day of school at my Catholic school. But we had, we, had, um, we had outdoor activities. It was never the final week of school. It was like three to four weeks away. It was, it was like, like mid, mid, mid-May, Ian. They had like a one day of outdoor activities. Yeah. It was... We had a field day. There was, was always put yeah field. Day. It was field day. Field we had day. field day. Yeah, we had field day. One day of just nothingness, where we had a bunch of like relay races. It's and fucking race. juice boxes and bologna and, sandwiches and pudding pops. That's yeah. what it was. It was pudding pops. Jello yeah. pudding. I'll never forget that. And letting the kids tear the fuck around. Yes, it, it, we, we. It was at the. It was. It was like outside of the. It wasn't a seminary. It wasn't. It was a, the little area where the priests live. There was a big field. There and that's where we did everything. They had we had like activities that whole field day. That was about a month before school ended. But that last week of school was you did nothing and liked it, mm-hmm. and everyone knew it was nothing. There was no more tests. Tests were done that week before at 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 the latest because they had to do prepare the final grades for the report card. Uh, there it was. It was a great time. You felt like you felt like there was nothing else to worry about in the entire world that last week of school. Like the anticipation of summer was better than summer itself. Yeah, yeah. Knowing you had free time and no school was better than actually having it. Because I used to be a smoker, I don't know why. I, that's a weird way to bring this up. Um, 
I refer to, I, I call something like that smoker's confidence. When you get a brand new pack of cigarettes, you've got smoker's confidence because you've got 20 fucking cigarettes in there and you're not running out. Oh, that nicotine. You're not running out way. until later. Well, kids ah. get summer confidence yes. at the end of the school year and they're like, nothing can stop me. Three months is an infinite yes. amount of time. I never have to go to school again. Yes. But those last two weeks of summer break get no, fairly painful. Th- we're not talking about that because that's the worst part of my life is late August. Okay. <laughs> fucking shoot you. We're talking about the happy of right. the summer. All right. Um, so, so that was great. But, but then there was always, there was always the, the, um, about a week and a half after school was, was let out, we always had the, um, the, the little summer fair. Yes. I, I was going to bring lot, that up. So, I used not to... all schools, a lot of schools and Catholic schools had the little, a week of that. Um, so when I was in Catholic school, um, I would like after third grade they would or like fourth grade they would start bringing you in in the summer for the vacation Bible school shit. Uh, you could be like a, an assistant to vacation Bible school. Never heard of that. Well, it was interesting because <laughs> vacation Bible school. You, you know, I, I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. It's going to be fucking dumb. I don't want to learn about Jesus. And uh, no, it ends up just being like a week of field days where, oh. like, <laughs> basically with some light reading of the yeah, Bible with, with like make a popsicle stick crucifix. Okay, we've done the Jesus stuff for the day. Let's run around and play dodgeball. Oh, like, great! Yeah. <laughs> it was. It, it, I, I enjoyed doing that for uh, you know a couple couple years in my summertime uh, my summertime years but um, no, no, we had the fair and you volunteered for confirmation i worked the fair but the, the fair was great because the fair was like the last chance to see all the kids come back together for the summer that you just saw you know because the kids when you're in grade school and there's like 50 to 60 kids on yeah. your grade like it was in my school you're not going to see three quarters of them you're not going to see you might see like 10 or 12 the whole summer that you're friends with they're kind of no friends of friends and you're certainly not going to see most of the girls like it's, it'd be so rare if you saw a girl like oh my god we're, we're hanging out with a couple of the girls you know mm-hmm. uh here or, or you see them so it was the last chance to see them and hang out uh at that at that at the summer the summer fair and it was great it was a whole week and you had wristband day they used Ooh. to do wristband day it was like it was always like the tuesday or thursday because no one goes in those days it ran it ran it ran monday to sunday the fair that's what they ran it monday to sunday so tuesday and thursday was like twelve dollars you get all the you know write all the rides you want for like 12 bucks which was like fantastic when you're when you're like yeah. 13 years old and we had real rides they got the gravitron there they got they, i love a gravitron they got the, i love the tilt the world tilt the world can be one of my favorite rides you know the little ones go around and it goes around like that you see yeah. tilt the world the himalayas i love we had some pretty real rides we had the house you know hall the house of mirrors we had a couple we always had at least two fun houses we had some decent fun rides houses were good too for a little catholic school like we had some de- and obviously they made a ton of money they had the raffles and things like that they had a money wheel ian a money wheel a money wheel that when i played when i went back when I was in my, my mid-20s i actually i outsmarted them a bit and then they got the the nun that spun it. i saw her strength i kind of would in my head know about where it was going to end up and i won like they, they figured that out within a couple of hours. Anyway, but I was, you're betting dollars. You're winning dollars. Sure. But it, it was a fun time there. You Did the, you ever have a cakewalk at the at the summer fairs? We had the beer garden. We had the cakewalk. Cakewalk was uh, something that they did at the, the uh, public school that I went to, where basically a bunch of people, uh, like, they, you would volunteer and bake cakes, and you would go take them. And then the cakewalk was, like, you bought a ticket, and you would go, and it was like musical chairs, and you would walk around a circle. And when the song stopped, you'd look where you were standing, and you could win cakes. And I remember like going home you with one cakes. Yeah, I remember going home with like banana bread and German chocolate cakes and like, oh yeah, yeah, it was insane. That's a weird sort of. I mean, it it is. It's it, fucking. It's, it's strange. Hopefully, it was good and it get you sick. Some it was, of that stuff. It was awesome. 
Oh, we're um, talking that this was like the late 80s, early 90s. People weren't poisoning the cakes. <laughs> we're poisoning. Yeah, it was funny. Look at the dodgeball. Dodgeball's banned now, but my Catholic school, we play that. We play dodgeball almost every other week. You know, I don't understand why dodgeball got banned. I guess it's all because you can feel intimidated by it. It's like, dodgeball was fun. Dodgeball was Then again, great. we used the foam. We used these hard foam balls that we didn't use, like, we didn't use, you couldn't get hurt with these, with these, uh, what were those balls? They were like foam hard balls we used, but they were so, I mean, you couldn't get knocked out by them. You know, we weren't using soccer balls or volleyballs, and we weren't doing that. Right. That's a little more dangerous. You know, we, it was safety. We played 10 pin dodgeball, which I don't think is a thing, but we made it up. Oh, uh, no, we played that too. Um, was there like was there like a gym teacher's like mailway book uh, booklet guide in order to get activities that we all had then? Cause yeah, I'm, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sure there was. I'm absolutely certain there was a mailer that went around to all the various schools and they were like, try these fucking games with your kids. Why are these year? foam pins for ten pin dodgeball with the ball set? Yeah. Well, what what's the hot dodgeball variant this year? That was hot because 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 uh, you had to knock on the pins to win, and that was a lot easier than than getting everyone else out. It was not happened. Um, other things about the start of summer, um, lightning bugs. If you're if you're in the East Coast, uh, that was more like late June, early July. Though you get the lightning bugs out. You have, you have you know fireflies. We call them lightning bugs. That was always a great. Uh, no, you know, oh, we're in summer, and plus now the days are getting. It, it gets dark at like seven thirty now. It's like fantastic. Did you ever play Red Rover? Yeah, we played Red Rover. Vicious fucking game. Uh, nothing to do with the start of summer though. But yeah, we played Red Rover. I was just think. Yeah, I know. No, we, play, we played it in the playground. Girls yeah. and boys. It's one of the few games that girls and boys play together. What a fucking crazy game that was. Oh, try to break through my arms. Yeah, yeah. Just throw your entire body as fast as you can. <laughs> Hopefully, you don't tear my tear my my elbow joint apart at this at this human link. Um, other Jesus. things about the start of summer. We had the little Jimmy truck that would come around. We, we, good humor came later on. When I was a kid, though, we had Little Jimmy's, which was Italian ice. We not were... water ice or not lemon ice, Italian ice. And um, back when we were a kid, it was like 20... It's so quaint. Now we're old men. 25 cent for like a, a like a smaller medium and like a dollar for a jumbo one. When you, we were back, we're talking like late 80s. It was so cheap for the, for that. And you get, oh, I, want, I want a red and green. You get the two or three. Chocolate was a popular Italian ice flavor with Little Jimmy. There was a chocolate flavor for a time. And um, whenever you hear that come around, it was like always around like, you know, one or two. Oh, little. You run in and get cha- ask your mom for change. And I'll never forget that as long as I live. I'm guessing that's still a thing. They still have ice cream trucks. They have them in San Diego here. They do. I hear one that goes by my... They're not Italian ice, though. They're just like good no. humor bars and things. When I, when I was growing up, I was... I was Firmly a little softy neighborhood. It was always or Mr. Softy. Mr. Softy. Yeah. And that, there's something to be said about that, like that, where you're just playing, you're in the summer, you're on the freaking 120 degree asphalt of your street playing wiffle ball or street tennis, or we played. We, we, we played a bunch Fucking of street tennis. Freeze. The hardest shit. Yes it, yes, it was. Or freeze tag. We played poison bottle, which was an alternative form of freeze tag, which I don't know who the hell made that up. Uh, but, um, Little Jimmy comes around. You hear it in the distance. Well, it's like five blocks away. You had like that minute and a half to run in, find some loose change, come out and get your and get your Italian ice to cool off in the summer. I'll never forget that. Uh, was I a beach kid? Yes. Um, we had the shore house in Seaside Heights. Uh, we we used it maybe three or four times a year since it was all divided up. For my grandma, my my mom had like four siblings, so we had divided up. Um, and yes, I was a beach kid. I loved going to the beach. I loved going in the water, even though it was so cold. Uh, even though it was 55 degrees, I'd come out and have blue lips. I loved going in the water. I loved the beach as a kid. I just loved it. I don't know why. I loved making sandcastles. I loved going... i go in the water for 45 minutes at a time, which probably wasn't safe. It was a hypothermia risk. You know, my parents had to, had to drag me out of the water. 
uh, I went out far as a kid. I was trying to think. I was I went out a little too far as a kid. I was a decent swimmer, but not good enough to go out that far. Where the undertow takes you out a little bit. Like, oh shit! Um, no, love the beach. How about you? Were you a beach kid? You I the fucking beach? hate the beach. I've hated the beach my whole life. The one time that I kind of decided I liked the beach was after graduating high school. Uh, the summer after I graduated, we went to go visit my asshole uncle in um, Virginia. Okay. And we went to... What's the fucking beach Virginia there? Virginia Beach. Virginia Beach. That's one of them. Myrtle Beach. Myrtle Beach. Know, a, a fucking beach. And uh, I bought a boogie board. And, oh, you, I and, didn't have a boogie board. I and one holy one. fuck, I had the most fun I had ever had in my entire life at the beach. Holy crap. Yeah. Boogie boarding was great. I picked it up immediately. I'm catching waves. I'm getting rocketed into the fucking sand. Oh, it's awesome. And I got the worst sunburn of my entire fucking oh, life. I got the worst sunburn of my entire life. I ended up walking around fucking historic <laughs> Williams, Williamsburg or whatever. Williamsburg the next day. Like this. by the way. I was blistered. It sucked. I was blistered everywhere. I couldn't move. Your parents didn't make you put on sunscreen? They did, but I was a, I was fucking 17. I should have known to reapply. You were 17? You got I graduated high school. I should have oh known to reapply. God. I didn't. I was having too much fun with the water. I was like, I finally enjoy the water! And then, uh, so I hated it for ages and ages and ages, and then like... It's, a, it's not the sun's falling. But seven years ago, uh, eight years ago, maybe even ten years ago, this is, is so Prevani. Jesus, I've been out in San Diego for a while. This is Prevani. I had one summer... It's been a while! Uh, I had one summer where um, I was working at the Obistro when it was still there. And I would get out of work, and I would run down to the beach, drop my shit on the sand, and go for a swim. Okay. And it was great. It was a thing I was getting into. I was like, maybe, maybe again, maybe I'm at the point where I can really like the beach. And then uh, I did that for about two weeks, and I stepped on something, and it went blah, 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 and wiggled underneath my foot, and I got all that water so fucking fast and never went back in. Did you get stung? Or was just no, like- no, it was just disgusting. It was, it was, it was an eel? I don't know what it was. <laughs> I didn't take the time to fucking find out. I just fucking literally <laughs> yelped. I yelped, <laughs> and I ran as fast as I could out of the water. That was and it. I, and I got my shit, and I have not been back in the ocean since. <laughs> wow, good thing you weren't going to Ocean City, Maryland, with all the huge uh, horseshoe crabs in the water. Fuck it. Except on one Fuck of those that. accidents. Jesus Christ. My mom, one time in Ocean City, Maryland... She said, look at this stone! And she picked up an uh, horseshoe crab by the tail and screamed. I was like, Mom, you know there's horseshoe crabs in the water. They're our friends. What are you doing? (sighs) I loved Ocean City, Maryland, because it was almost like a foreign land. That's the beginning of the South when you get to Maryland. Remember that. That's a Mason-Dixon line. You start to see Confederate flags in store shops in, in Ocean City, Maryland there. But Ocean City, Maryland was just far enough for a beach area and just different enough that we liked it because there were wild there's wild horses down in Maryland that go back to the fucking wild si- horses they go back to the fucking like early 1600s or whatever they brought when they first brought horses over uh, here and they, they roamed free there and there was like that weird uh, this there was a western uh, land you go to that was like just for western reenactments and Never forget, there was just weird enough shit there. And the ocean was just different enough that you enjoy it. And yeah, my father loved going to like the Alaskan King Crab Buffet and would spend literally hours there with my uncle. You know, things like that. Just eat as much crab as possible. Y- yes, he really got his money's worth for all you can eat there. And I remember going back to that same uh, buffet when I, we, we, went, we went to Ocean City, Maryland like two or three times in my 20s uh, and met up there. Met up with one of, my, one of my Unreal Torment buddies there too. Oh, my cousin. Anyway, so I remember Ocean City, Maryland being a fun time when I was young. Went there a few times when I was a kid. And I, and I brought, 
I brought the games that I borrowed from my my grandfather's neighbor. He's the one who had like 150 NES games. Seal, I remember. And my to this day, my Paperboy manual that I have my copy is the same Paperboy manual I forgot to give back to him when I basically took that game and Jeopardy. I decided for some reason I decided as a kid out of all the games, Jeopardy. Paperboy and maybe Ninja Gaiden are the three games I borrowed, and that was it. Those are three out of all the games he had. Those are three games that I, I, I borrowed from him. I love Paperboy as a kid, though. Love the NES games. Good port of that game. Anyway, another thing in terms of the, in terms of being a beach kid. Obviously, the boardwalk. I can talk about the boardwalk experiences for forever. I will just talk about this experience though on the boardwalk. Um, we, we we would ride our bikes from Lavalette to Point Pleasant boardwalk because Ian they had the best pinball games. And they had the Star Wars, uh, that, that first Williams pinball uh, that came out, what was it, 92, the DMD one, about. Um, they had the low, the, the high score was set for only like 25 million. On one quarter, then, you can play for like four games because it would go from 25 to 50 to like 700. Right. We, we played for hours that pinball machine on like like two or three bucks like it was it was so fun and and i'll never forget that though that my cousin damn you chris um he took the he took the boy's bike which was his i took the sister's bike which had the skinnier it had the skinnier seat my ass was so chafed i could not sit down on that bike going <laughs> home or maybe it was a cheap seat i'll never get that as long as i live living my ass was so sore on that seat coming back because it was like probably uh, I don't know, six to seven miles of a bike ride. But when you're a kid, you're like 12 years old. That's a long way. Yeah. Like when you're a kid uh, on the road there. Oh, yeah, that's a, that's a, I, Especially I, when I was thick but quick pat, I was out of shape. I couldn't keep up with my athletic, you know, soccer playing cousin as well. I remember going on a 10-mile bike ride for Weeblos or Cub Scouts or you something. You want to die. And I was like, wow, that's the longest I've ever done any yes. one thing for a... <laughs> yeah, it was insane. You want to die when you're like, you know, 12 year old. Uh, do something like that 12 or 13 years old so um, yeah and I, boardwalk stories can be in a whole other conversation I mean there's tons of boardwalk stories I have and that's part of the summer playing the nickel game I don't know how this was legal letting a you know a nine year old give you know for the nickel game the slots and it pushes them over you get the tickets right. to come out the machine I did that for one summer Casino Pier and that's where I won my this big spotty in Casino Pier Seaside Heights that's where I won that from really from so, yeah that's where that little guy's from so I'll as long as I live. I'll never forget that. Nice. That's like twenty thousand points for that damn thing. It's probably like forty dollars worth of points for that little guy. But you know, that's yeah, that's literally probably thirty years old. Uh, that that spot right there, back when he was popular. Any other, any other stories? Uh, summer stories. Play, playing? Uh, did you play any, any good uh, hot wiffle ball action as a kid? No. Any tournaments? Did you get any fights in the summer? Summer when I was younger always reminded me uh, we can probably pass on Q and A this week at this point. <laughs> um, no, we got time for a Q and A. Summer, well then I'm stopping. Let's move on to Q and A. Do the summer then. Come on, okay, let me hear you. Uh, my my uh, one something that I remember very clearly from summer was always going to the Chautauqua County Fair, um, and I, in for most of my teenage life and my adult life, I did not care for the fair again until a few years ago. But my dad's professor, um, that he was you know in very good standing with in college, would invite. Um, him, my mom, and my brother and I out to his place in Dunkirk, Fredonia, uh, every summer to go to the Chautauqua County Fair. And Dunkirk is just beautiful. Like, it's just, it's, it's gorgeous. It's, it's, it's a palatial, like, very, very green, very nice area of New York. And, uh, I used to always remember going to that fair, and that's where all my favorite fair memories are. That's where I, first rode the Gravitron and was like, this is 
you know an amazing ride um it's where i you know i i remember having like my first hawaiian ices you know slightly different than a snow cone it's also where i got my first heat rash that was miserable but uh something that i've wanted to do a billion times since that i haven't was it was the one and only time i went to a destruction derby one of the years one of the years that he had us down yeah one of the years he had us down there was a demolition we went down during demolition derby time and he bought my family tickets to it and we went and it was so much fun to watch and I always say, and Vonnie and Vonnie's always like, yep, absolutely. We got, like, when things go back to normal, I'm going to find, like, there's got to be a, a touring demolition derby that comes around or, you know, something like that. There's got to be something in the area. So it's on Lake Erie. Yes. You can, you can retire there, Ian. You can buy a house for $40,000. Holy shit. You can buy a mansion for, like, a couple hundred thousand dollars there. Yeah, that's like a quiet place to live. Nice and quiet. It's very quiet, very scenic. pretty, very very scenic. Nice cold winters though. Oh, whoa, the cold winters off that water there are probably brutal. Yeah, most likely. It's one of those. It's one of those like small town murder mystery towns. Looks like right. That's what it looks like to me. It could be that. It could be the setting for an episode of Murder She Wrote. Yes, I mean it's a lot of those things. Like oh, it's it's we're on the water up north somewhere where it gets cold in the winter, but it's a nice it's a nice place to live. It's a place where if there was a murder, it would rock the community. You can buy a four beds, two bath house for only forty four thousand dollars. What the fuck am I doing living in San Diego? <laughs> forty four. Or you can buy, you can buy questions I've been asking myself. <laughs> oh, it's a nice place to live here too. All right, all right. We got we got to do have a Q and A. Fine, we have a Q and A in the CU podcast. This is from at Seb underscore Rye. Want some Rye? Of course you do. With the influx of people buying video games and consoles to get through this certain public health crisis. What do you think will happen once things clear up once more? Are stores and yard sales going to be flooded with used systems going for cheap? Or will we have an influx of gamers? I do think that we are going to see a flood of stuff come back. I don't know when. It's obviously going to depend on how long we're stuck to it, you know, doing quarantine and all that. But um, let me talk about the store for a second. So we... The store has been doing very, very well since reopening. The, I We talked about it on the podcast at one point uh, right after, and it, I said it was a little slow, and it was a little disconcerting. Well, it just took people some time to realize that we were open. What are you getting ready to press, Nothing. Pat? You are literally flexing your uh, fingers and I, getting ready by the I buttons. Was, I was stretching. All right. So, anyway, You're paranoid. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, so, anyways, people found out that we were open, and suddenly we're selling everything. No one, <laughs> no one, <laughs> no one is getting rid of stuff though. Like, uh, you know, stuff isn't coming back in at the same rate we're selling it. Sure. So people will come in and they will look at the, they'll look around the store and they'll be like, "Do you have a PS4? No. Do you have an Xbox One? No. Do you have a PS PlayStation Two? No. Do you have a PlayStation One? Yes. Okay, I'll take the PlayStation 1 and those two games. Or someone will come in and be like, you got a Super Nintendo? No. Do you have, you know, X, Y, or Z, an original Xbox? No. Okay, fine. Give me the Sega Genesis. It's getting to the point where people are coming in and they're bored and they just want something to play. So they're buying whatever. And I think because people aren't buying stuff that they would necessarily normally buy, on top of the fact that it's impulse purchasing during a a pandemic... They're they're stir-crazy, probably, too. Yes. I do think that I'm going to see a lot of this stuff come back. 
The person who chose a Genesis after striking out three times prior is not suddenly going to become a big Genesis fan. They just want to hook something up to their freaking TV and play something. Hopefully they realize it doesn't look like ass on their LCD TV. Well, and LED TV. Believe me, we try to walk people through it by the hand because if, if it does, these are problems that come back to us. So we explain everything thoroughly. Are you using an HD TV? Are you using a CRT TV? This is, this is the kind of cord you should use. Maybe you should consider this system instead. But it is getting to the point where people... I, I have people call up on the phone. Do you have consoles? Yeah. What do you have? I need something specific. Just tell me what you have. That happens multiple times a day. So, so these are like lapsed gamers that rediscover that video games exist? I, I don't know. But people so, like, are... These are people that realize I can just game on a PC or... Who knows? Yeah. Well, and I have a feeling that for uh, that's my guess because that's if, so weird. It's like just because PC gaming seems it's too far. If someone hasn't been gaming in a long time, I could see that something like a PlayStation is going to seem less intimidating than gaming on a but, PC. Than going on Steam and buying a game for ten bucks or tw- or it's too intimidating. I guess I don't know. I, I don't know. We gotta buy a controller. But, but this is what's control. But this seems like someone that hasn't gamed since ninety five. But this is literally what work at what it's been like at work for. Um, the past month and a half has been people exhaustedly asking me for things that we don't have and then sighing and settling on something that they were not looking for. So this would have been the perfect NES classic crowd or like mini console crowd. Yes, I've had a lot of people ask about yeah. call and ask about those and I have told them that Nintendo is still selling refurb units on um, well, maybe you, online. You, you tell Troy, maybe you should buy a bunch of... Uh, we don't want to fucking deal with you them. You don't want new old stock uh, Genesis minis or whatever? They, they would sell. You don't want to deal with them? We, we just don't do the plug and plays. They would sell. But what is the Genesis Mini going for now? I know the PlayStation one was being cleared out for like thirty dollars because no one wanted that piece of oh, shit. Oh, in some places it was as low as twenty. I don't know. What the oh, I should have bought it at twenty. I'll wait for them to go down again because I'm sure there's still a million other. You can get the Genesis for sixty dollars uh, anywhere on eBay, refurbished on eBay. What? <clears throat> that would be perfect. For that, that's the type of gamer though. They want to play something just now, not yes. a month from now. Give me something to play. Just give me something. And they don't they don't know that they can play on mobile. They don't want to play on mobile. They want to try to just gain some experience back. I have no problems with mobile games. I genuinely believe they are real games. However, I also understand people who do not like to play mobile games. I just don't like playing on my phone. Amazon renewed PlayStation Classic is fifty dollars. So the, so whatever the clearance ones for thirty bucks you can't find anymore. Uh, looks like um, maybe they're finally getting through all that old old crappy stock of them. You know, tell me, hey, go to the swap me, buy the NES Classic knockoff for thirty dollars if that's what you want to play something. There you go. You can just get that, right? Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Should I answer this one too? This is what I think. Um, we just had a major downturn of interest in which peaked in 2016 for, for, for at least up, up at well into the 16-bit era of cartridges and games um, the last three to four years until the pandemic it was on a downturn mm-hmm. and now we had prices start to go up and some at least some interest start to go up uh, recently and, and the water shit has nothing to do with it because they're not people that are shopping for games just to play um, I think I think there's always always a shelf life to these things. Yes. There's a shelf life to the collectors that got into this. We call them, you know, the, the, the people that just went and bought all the games within a, a couple of years. A few years after that, they were selling their stuff already. So, like anything else, these games will come back to the store or elsewhere. People that are buying them on eBay, and Contra going back up from $20 to $30, it'll go back down to 20 bucks. It's just when is it going to happen? Right. Maybe it takes a few more years. 
they're going to get sick of those games again. Or realize, oh, okay, I'm not playing these games anymore. I might as well sell them again or yeah. trade them in. I mean, it'll happen. Um, I was just surprised to see the games shoot up that quickly in a few months. It's like, oh, wow, people are really buying that many copies of these games again in order to play. It's like they have their NES. The prices for everything is insane. We got a bunch of RPGs in <clears throat> for PlayStation. None of them are in store now. Most of them were a solid $100 to $150 more expensive than they were last time we had them. Do you, th- do you think they um, people buying them now are people that are maybe collecting because they're bored they're actually playing these games um i think i think people are playing them i also think and and, and i had a, a customer um you know one who listens to the podcast tell me that you know the high prices aren't necessarily depending on how much more expensive it is the high prices aren't necessarily dissuading some people because not everyone has been unemployed but everyone sure. got but everyone got the, the stimulus. stimulus check sure. or right. a lot of people who were unemployed they were getting the $600 bonus per week they were making more money than they were uh you know when they were working so, so people spending. have money and it, it, it's i feel like everyone should be allowed to have something that they kind of treat themselves to especially during a time like this sure. be careful with your money but you're allowed to treat yourself to something. And a lot of people have come in, and they've been like, I've always wanted that, and I don't think they care about the price. Okay. I had a guy come in and be like, well, and one of him, one of them was a good collector, but I did have a guy come in, and he was like, I've always wanted that game. I'm going to take that one. And it was like 150 so, bucks. So, so, I was the, like, All so right. the stimulus money went straight into Luna Video Games 2 locations. Some of it did. Some of it did. I mean, that's what stimulus is for, I guess. We could have if, 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 if it's done properly. We could have worked the stimulus into the podcast. We could have... <laughs> No, I'm actually happy. The Patreon is is as strong as it's been, and uh, pins are still selling, and books are still selling during the during the uh, during the public certain public health crisis. So th- people are getting on. They still want to be entertained, obviously. Yeah. We're, 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 sports. Remember, sports being gone for four months to me is a huge deal because that's never happened before, where sports just doesn't exist anymore. Like that's a huge part of everyday entertainment in life. And now it's hopefully coming back within a week or so. I gotta look into if I can get streams of like the fucking Taiwanese baseball games or something like that. I'm start- show some of them on ESPN. I'm starting to go nuts. <laughs> well, well, baseball's coming back in a week, and and so is um and so is basketball. Um, should be basketball. back soon. I'll watch the bubble games. I guess the bubble games. Yeah, it's gonna be weird. It is basketball without a crowd. That's so much part of the game. The yeah, crowd. I mean all, all, all sports. It's part of the crowd, but no more. There's no more home, home court advantage. Right. For the playoffs, it doesn't matter anymore. So it's like, ugh, anything can happen. It's going to be a weird... It's going to be weird for sports. Football, we're going off tangent right now, but football it ain't coming back in, like, a couple months. They're not coming... Usually, they're, they're starting playing games, uh, preseason games within a couple weeks. It ain't happening. They're, they're going to probably push that season back at least a couple months. They figure that shit out. They're, they're so far behind football, which is surprising because they think they'd be smart about this and seeing what baseball screw up so badly. Yeah. Baseball's only playing 60 games. That's a joke. 60 games is like, what are you doing? Like, can't an all-star game? It's not even half a season. No. I thought, oh, they'll do 100 games. That's, that'll be fine. It's like, no, they kept going back and forth for two extra months. It's like, holy shit, what are you doing? Um, and baseball can't afford to take that hit. Anyway, sorry. So, okay. Will we have an influx of gamers? Uh, people will game whether or not there's going to be a pandemic. If people all of a sudden said, I want to play a Genesis game because I'm bored and I have an extra $1,200 a month to spend, you know, that'll last. Maybe not forever. Or maybe you'll get some of those people that'll stay forever converted. I don't know. Right. We, we, me and Ian know mostly gamers. I don't know a lot of people that don't play video games at all in their in their adulthood. I, I know some, though, um, around my age, but, you know. I know very few people. I know even people I know who aren't gamers still play something. They play something, right? Yeah. On their phone or just something casually every once in a while. Yeah. So. All right, that's it for the CU Podcast. 
we got 10 minutes out of that ENC. we got another segment. We kept it going strong. Yeah, right. Remember, we're on Patreon. See your podcast on Patreon. I got Cameo. Yeah. Cameo.com slash Pat Country. May I can get interested. Ian, just like I said, my affiliate link, Ian. I'm holding in a sneeze right now. Wow. I haven't sneezed yet today. And I sneeze, I've sneezed every day this year. I've been tracking it. And I don't know why. I, I think it's the, I think it's allergies. I gotta get air purifiers. I'll get one of those, get one of those UV uh, HEPA filters. Anyway, um, we're gonna be uh, guests at the Digital Long Island uh, Retro Gaming Expo. Yes, we are. Uplink coming up. Uplink, uh, Uplink. <laughs> August eighth and 9th. I will. Uh, even with the pandemic, the me always doing something. Uh, uh, convention related on my birthday uh, for the past five years now. It's <laughs> been five years. Not not stopping. It was uh, it was Long Island. No, I'm sorry. This will be f- year four. It was two uh, two um, Game On expos and a Long Island expo that have all taken place, or I've been in in that area on my birthday. It's your uh, birthday. Your birthday is the eighth, the ninth, the ninth, and that's when our uh, panel is. That's we're oh, doing on Sunday. Yep. Okay. Our magic panel is on Sunday. Okay, this and the website says uh, the website says seventh to eighth, so that's I think the website's wrong. Um, that's probably the dates from last year. So get to get to change the dates on the website. Um, oh no, they're already planning. Oh, they already had the date for next year set. Oh, August seventh and eighth, two thousand twenty-one. It's already set for next year. Oh. we will be there with bells on. Yes, we will because I want that pizza again. <laughs> No, we had a great time. We loved going out long. It was a fantastic, it was fantastic great. expo. It was great. I loved it. In the shadows of the of the old Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> uh, right there. It's my first time, I think, going to Long Island. Probably decades there. All right. Um, remember, we got wares for sale. Well, uh, wares for sale at, as, as well. God. At UltimateNintendo.com. All right. That's Ian Ferguson. I'm Pat Contry. We're both going to buy a house together uh, in Dunkirk. Ooh, five, five beds, two beds, a 2,000 square feet. Nice. Going halves on that. All right, we'll see you later. <laughs> Bye.